The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Kansas City Chiefs took the practice field on Wednesday to begin their preparation for Week 10's contest against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and cornerback Trent McDuffie. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll finish things up with rookie cornerback Trent McDuffie. Here's Andy Reid. All right. Um, as far as injuries go, um, McCall Hardman has some abdominal uh, soreness, and so uh, he's been being evaluated, and uh, you know he's this has been going on for a day now, so a couple days actually. So um, we're just going to see how he, where and how he he is. They they don't have a absolute on it right now, so we're still doing some tests on. Other than that, everybody will practice today. Um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Jags. We know they're a very well-coached football team, and they're coming off a nice win um, against the Raiders. So uh, Doug Peterson we're all familiar with, and he's a good friend. He, he's, I think he's doing a heck of a job down there. Um, the players have bought into what he, he's uh, teaching, and Mike Caldwell, the defense coordinator, is one of my ex-players and coaches, and He's got uh, a system, great system there. Bob Sutton's working with him, and um, you see his influence too in there. And, and Mike McCoy uh, is a quarterback coach, and Mike and I go way back. Um, you know, he's a he's a Utah University of Utah guy, and uh, I'm a BYU guy, and he's wearing blue, and I'm wearing red. I mean, there's something wrong with there, so. Um, but anyways, that um, um, I, they, they're well coached and, and they've got they, you know what they've got good players. And these guys play they play very hard. So our guys have got to have a good week of practice. It's important that we focus in on on the things we need to get better at, and and there are plenty of those things uh, that we can work on. And, and so that's what that's what we're going to do. Anyways, with that time, for, for your offensive guys, maybe particularly the offensive line, after you have so many plays and dropbacks on Sunday night. Do you do anything differently as far as the recovery and trying to get those guys some rest and ready for this week? Yeah, so we're, 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 we're using our mid-season practices. So today's a lighter day. So they get to recover a little bit, you know, and that, that'll help them. Um, 
but we just started that, so it's uh, that's it just happened to fall on a game where you had 100 snaps. Andy, what did you see from Trent McDuffie back? Yeah, I, I thought he made some nice plays. He he uh, was in good position. Um, his, his ability to go up through the receiver but not uh, interfere with him, I thought was big and get hands on ball. I thought that was big. So, um, And they, he tackled, so he was in position to tackle. And they did a nice job there. Last week you had an opportunity to watch Lucas Yang and his return to practice. Where is he at in, in the recovery at this point? He's working very hard um, and making progress. He's not not there yet, but he's he's working at it. And he's been a couple games now where Isaiah's been the RB1. Uh, what have you seen from him? Yeah, he's doing a good job there. He's learning on the on the move, um, but he's had some good good snaps. Um, it's worked out well where the uh, Clyde's getting reps and he's getting reps, and I, I think that's healthy. We're being able to throw fastballs at the guys, and then one is getting in there and doing his thing uh, more on third down, but he, he got some first and second down calls also. But we'll just keep bringing them along. And, and uh, I like the progress he's making. Is he where you want him to be right now? Yeah, I mean, he, he, yes, he's there. We, we, he had, didn't have a ton of opportunities this last game, but he had some nice, he had a couple of nice carries. Yeah. Andy, how would you just, obviously, last game you played, played a really good defensive front with the Titans, so not just specific to that game, but overall, how would you just assess the running game and where it is right now? Yeah, so we, we can do better. I mean, I, I can do better, and when you make the call, you know, and what you're calling at that time. So, uh, and then the, there's the we play we play against a pretty good defensive line. So it's been a hit and a miss. So we've we've won some and they've won some, and uh, um, you know. And then obviously, I mean, we you come out with 500 yards of total offense. You go, you know, you're doing something. Right. We we got to get rid of the mistakes so you score points. You 500 yards and you, and. Um, 20 points isn't, that's not where you want to be, right? So, and time of possession was like really skewed. And, you know, you, all those things, you, you, gotta, you gotta score points, which is the name of the game. But um, if, if the run game, if, if they've got good guys in there and you're struggling there, I mean, we know we can throw it. So that's a that's a plus. With the, with the quarterback as talented as Patrick, have you found ways as he's developed to coach him to actually be better when he is outside the pocket, when he is scrambling? Are there things that you sort of notice that you guys from a coaching staff have given him and that he's actually applied on the field? Yeah, no, I mean, we have, we, we know he's good outside the pocket. He's been that way before we got him here. So he was at a college. But we've given him things that we can call to get him outside the pocket. And, and then naturally, he's going to do that within the pass game. So somewhere. And... Uh, and extend the play, but we do have things in the offense that we put in, trying to utilize that talent that he has, and he's got he's made some big plays with some of those plays. Yeah. Um, to follow up, Andy, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm asking if it's I guess a different feeling when he does scramble out of the pocket now versus 2018 when it was new for everybody, including you. Um, <laughs> well, I trust him. I, I saw enough of his tape in college to know that. He wasn't just firing things in there to fire him in. He's got pretty good decision making once he's out there. Um, so um, I'm I'm am good with it. I, 
I'm more comfortable that he knows the offense better now that he did that. So, and I think his decision making is probably, you know, it's probably better now than it was then, just by, by reps. You know. We were able to get Kadarius in for nine plays last game. Fair to say, reasonable stables will tick up as the weeks go. Yeah, we wanted to get him 10, 10 or so reps and just kind of get him, get him going a little bit. Um, so we're, we'll, he'll get more as we go here. I'll see how he does this week. But. Coach, um, on you know the number of passes, I don't, when, when you're in a game like first Sunday night, you probably feel like you're throwing the ball a lot. But did it feel like 68? I mean, when do you kind of get that feel when, you, when you're in a game, kind of yeah. trying to get that mix that you like? Yeah, I knew I knew we had a lot of plays. Period, and uh, um, you know, Frazier gives me a heads up on all those things. So during during the game, but. Um, no, we were going to do what we needed to do to try to win the game is what we felt. So um, that's how we went about it. I mean, if the run game would have been going, we would have done more of the run game. But we had the pass game going there a little bit. There was a stall in the middle, and then we picked it up after that. But, uh, you know, you, you're in a game, and you know, you, you're, you're sitting there trying to score touchdowns. Yeah. On the Jags, you mentioned on the Zoom on Monday a little bit today, it looks like they've bought into what Doug's doing. What sort of things do you see on tape when you look at them that shows you that they're, they kind of have that belief? And what's the kind of the danger factor with this team that they finally won one of those close games last week and maybe a little momentum? Yeah, sure. No, they're, uh, our, our guys can see it on, on tape. Even the games that they've lost, they've lost just by a few points. So, um, you know, a score, in other words. So they... Um, you see uh, their excitement, uh, even in games that they've lost, that when they make a play, they're excited. You saw it with the, with the Tennessee bunch supporting each other. I mean, that, that's, there's normally a belief in that uh, that comes with that. So, um, you know, that, that's, how, that's how Doug's crew is. They're, you can tell they, they like what they're getting uh, scheme-wise and they're, they're playing fast. There's nobody hanging their head, no poor body language. Um, they're excited when a good play happens. Any um, counting sacks and scrambles and uh, penalties that were called back, uh, where the play was called back. Pat probably dropped back probably more than 80 times the other night. Probably pretty big burden. And I'm, but I'm guessing you're really happy with how he handled that. Um, you think he could have done that maybe earlier in his career, or is this kind of a veteran Pat handling it that way, if that makes any sense? Yeah, I thought... You know, I thought he stayed strong through it. Um, I, I would tell you, he did it, did that kind of stuff in college. Yeah. So, I, I've seen him do it. I, I, he probably would. The, the thing he knows, he knows the offense better now. I mean, that's that would be the difference. So he, he knows where to go with the ball when he gets into trouble there. Coach, you may be aware that you are top five in a poll of the most. Handsome coaches in the NFL. That's about all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did they underrate you? <laughs> I was wondering why I wasn't first. <laughs> Gotta get more redheads out there, Doug. Got to vote. Brian Dable beat you at number two. Well, that says it all, right? <laughs> Coach Reed is ranked fourth of the best-looking coaches in the NFL. What do you think about that? I think he should be higher, man. That's a, that's a good-looking gentleman out there. So, uh, 
he's got some swag to him too, so he's got the personality to match. You get so many pass attempts last week. I know you're used to it, right? You've done that a lot in college. But do you do anything with your arm? Take a little time off? You know, if you're going to pitch count during practice, what sort of things are you doing with, with your arm these days? Yeah, I, I don't. Um, ever since I've been young, I haven't really got sore even when I pitched um, when I was younger. So uh, usually just the normal stuff. I mean, we do different stuff that I do with my trainers and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I just try to keep that arm strength up and keep rolling. When you face a former coach like a Doug Peterson, who knows you very well. How do you prepare knowing that they know a lot of things that help you get to where you are? Yeah, I, I have to ask because I, I actually wasn't here with Doug. So he got here right at – he left right before I got here. And so I knew a lot of people that knew him um, and talked very highly of him, how great of a coach he was. And so I have to kind of go back and ask sometimes, like, hey, on this check, does does he know, like, what this check means and stuff like that so that we can change the code words, we can change stuff up so that he doesn't have any intel on the stuff we're trying to get done. Patrick, when you do throw that many times in a game, late in the game, is, do you feel like what you're seeing from the defense that they pretty much expect the passes coming pretty regularly? Um, not necessarily. I think we still do a good job of trying to mix it up. And obviously that game got a little out of hand as far as throwing the ball a little bit more than we wanted to as compared to running it. But uh, it kind of it called for that. And uh, to be able to do both, I think you've seen in games we've been able to run the ball a lot. Um, in some games, and then obviously there's games where you have to throw the ball. It's uh, something that you have to do as a as an offense in order to succeed in this league is being able to do both, and uh, that's something that I think we can do in this team. Yeah, just the way that um, I mean their their team's built. Their D line's a very good defensive line, especially against the run. They do a good job of being in the right gaps. Linebackers fly up and make plays, and so. Uh, that day, they had a good game plan for our run game, so we had to kind of use those shorter passes to kind of get those yards. Um, and so uh, that's just being able to be diverse as an offense. And uh, I think the only thing next is, is we got to score some of those drives that we were kind of getting those yards, and that's something that we missed out on this last week. Patrick, a uh, pretty big workload for you the other night. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining that's pretty exhausting, not only physically but mentally. How do you feel you handled that, and, and do you feel like you could have handled that kind of load early in your career, maybe your first year as a starter? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it. I mean, you don't know because you don't, you never have done it before. Sure. But uh, at the same time, I feel like I could have went out there and competed. Um, I think I did a good job of, of doing what what it, what it took to just kind of stay patient, even though stuff wasn't going our way, which is something I don't know if I could have done when I was younger in my career. I might have forced the issue a little bit more. Um, but uh, Coach Reed trusted me and trusted our offense to figure it out, and uh, he kept calling plays and getting us into the right the right plays at the right time, so that we were able to make it happen there at the end. But as you looked at your film, were you happy with all the decisions that you made to scramble, or, or did, you, did you sense, okay, maybe I could have did this differently? Um, I mean, there was definitely some decisions that I, I missed some throws um, that were out there. I think there was one time um, where it was uh, going towards the other end zone. We didn't score in that. I thought I had McColl, and I kind of predetermined basically the cover two shell that he wasn't going to be open. And then there's the one down the middle of the field that I missed McColl, which I thought he was kind of getting in and out, and they somehow dropped him and. I, it's like another one you just predetermine. You think they're going to be in the right position, and then they don't end up being there. And so um, just trying to stay – when there's that many plays, you're going to miss throws. Um, but uh, whenever they're touchdown throws, you want to make sure you hit them. So try to go back and make sure I hit them whenever they're, whenever they're there. Hey, Patrick, the last couple games Isaiah was promoted to start. Uh, where, where are you seeing from him? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's going to continue to go out there and put his best effort, uh, put his best step forward. And uh, he's someone that plays hard. He runs the ball hard. Um, but in this offense, I mean, you, you've seen him in the receiving room. You've seen the running back room, tight end room, other than Travis. Uh, it's going to be a different guy every week. And uh, I think just having uh, Isaiah out there, I mean, he's going to be that physical runner, can really gain those extra yards, fall forward. 
Um, but then when you throw in guys like Clyde and Jet, all these guys, uh, they're ready to go. Um, it keeps those guys fresh, and it keeps them ready to go whenever their number's called during the game. He's a young guy, but can you see him progressing? Oh, 100%. I mean, um, he's so physically gifted. Uh, he's so fast that sometimes you're like, man, just you got to just take that extra step, then hit it. Um, but uh, you don't want to take that aggressiveness away from him because it's hard for defenses to account for is how physical he runs. Um, but I think as he sees more and more in this league, um, he's gonna, his, the sky's the limit because he has all the physical tools to go out there and be great. Patrick, that fourth and one in overtime, um, you guys got timeout. You went and talked to Andy and mm-hmm. Eric. Was that a talk about should you go for it, or was that a talk about play call you like? That's one of that conversation. Yeah, it was a, It was more play call. Um, I think we figured we were going to go for it. We not only thought we were going to get it, but we trusted how our defense was playing. If we didn't get it, they could get us the ball back, and we could maybe get back in field goal range again. Um, but uh, we wanted to get to the perfect play call, and they actually did a pretty good job of covering the front side read uh, of that play. But once that, that uh, linebacker, that whole player, kind of pushed over towards Travis, I knew Juju was one-on-one on that backside. So just trusting in your guys to make plays, and Juju ran a good route, caught the ball, and got the first down. They were asking you questions. Did you suggest that one, or is that one on your mind? Yeah, yeah, that was one that we had talked about. So we had kind of talked about before going into the, the last drive, we got put in a situation where we needed one play. What, what were we thinking? And it, we had like a list of three and we were going to see how the defense was playing. And how the defense was playing, that was the, one of the plays that we had talked about. And I said, that's the one I wanted to go with. And coaches, they trusted me and the guys to go out there and make a play happen in a big moment in the game. Patrick, the, a lot of fans, people outside the building will probably look and see the Jags coming in and think this isn't a very good team, this should be an easy win. What's the danger factor with this team? And how, you know, it's the NFL, you can't overlook people. But is this one of those games you could sneak up on you a little bit if you don't watch yourself? No, I mean, it's not going to sneak up on you. I mean, if you look at the tape, I mean, the players that they have out there are really legit players. I mean, they're young, but they're fast, they're physical, they're big. They fly around to the ball, they play with confidence. Um, And so we have a ton of respect for this team coming in. And if you see them, even the games they've lost, they've been in them. Um, And they've made a mistake here and there that's cost them a game. But uh, if you watch the tape, it doesn't show what their record looks like. And I think guys understand that, that it's going to be a a heck of a football game and we're going to have to play our best football in order to win. Coming from a quarterback perspective, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, what, what are you seeing are the biggest threats that come from him? Yeah, he's super talented. I mean, just kind of like a lot of guys on their team. Uh, I mean, he's he's young, uh, so he's made mistakes, but I think you see the talent week in and week out. He makes a lot of big-time throws. He can run the ball better than people think, um, and uh, he's someone that's won on every level he's been at. So uh, you can see, I mean, they've kind of turned this around pretty quickly here. I mean, they haven't won the games, but you can tell the team has gotten a lot better over this last year. Um, and so uh, we understand that it's, it's going to be a great challenge for us, both sides of the ball, and that we're going to play a great game in order to win. What are the challenges that go with uh, Josh Allen specifically and, and what he brings to the table? Yeah, I mean, he's just he's so he's, like, he's so gifted as a pass rusher, but also he's, he's athletic enough to drop into coverage, and you don't see a lot of guys like that. Um, but uh, he, he's, uh, he's obviously super – he's a big physical guy, but he's fast. He does a good job with his hands and getting off blocks. Um, and so they kind of have guys like that on both sides of the ball with, that, with Walker there now as well. So it'll be a great challenge for our guys to have on that whole entire defensive line. Um, and it seems like week in and week out we're playing a great defensive line. So our offensive line is battling. Uh, I thought they did a great job this last week. And uh, I think we can hopefully carry that momentum into this, this next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Looking back to the beginning of this season, yeah. how frustrating was, was having to go out early? And can you just talk about your, your way and the way that you went through that? Yeah, um, I mean, going out the first game is always... Uh, pretty frustrating and pretty disheartening because, you know, you have all these goals and you have this plan that you set in place and it doesn't go that way. But um, I was able to kind of just take a step back, work really well with the trainers, work really well with the coaches and kind of set this system where it was almost like I was going to play every week, but then just set out the game. So I kind of kept this system of let's just keep this going so that when I did come back, it wasn't anything short of just what I was already doing. So just creating a system and just being able to stick to that, staying disciplined was the biggest thing for me to be able to come back the way I am now. What do you think was most valuable a part of trying to stay disciplined yeah. during that time? Um, honestly, I think it was patience. Um, I was always, you know, trying to come back, trying to come back quick, quick. But, you know, my body said not yet. So being patient and finally just listening to my body, um, listening to my support system, my family, and just hearing everybody just tell me, you know, it's okay to take your time, it's okay to really let it heal because it is a long season and I do have to look towards the future. So I think a big part of it was just the patience and just saying, okay, yeah, let me just keep working on it and not try to just fight back so much and end up re-injuring it. Did you think that you were back to practice? Were you fighting to play or when did they have to back you off or were you just sort of following? Like, uh, with that? It was a little bit of both. It was more like going to practice if I can play, you know, let me go out there and do it. But um, I mean, as it played out, I wasn't ready, which is okay to me because I am here now and I feel like my leg is definitely 100% healed. As you got those live reps, how, I mean, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, um, I think honestly a big thing was just the confidence. You know, going back, you're always like, you can't really get a traditional game-like rep until you really do it. So being able to go out here and play the full game and just being confident and knowing my teammates trust me now and that I still am sharp with it was big for me. Was this the first injury like that you've had? Yeah, um, actually it is, at least the longest that I've had to sit out. So working through that was a little different, and, I mean, it was a learning process for me, just how to maneuver through things and how to focus and not just sit back and say, okay, I'm injured, let me just pout. You know, really trying to stay focused and really try to stay on top of everything, even though I'm not playing, which was tough. But did you go, what, What's did you your insight about uh, Trevor Lawrence when you watch him on the yeah, um, I mean, he has a strong arm. You know, he's somebody who can put the ball anywhere. He's really good in the pocket. Um, he's pretty elusive, so, you know, you just kind of have to bring him down. He's one of those guys who, you know, he might not slide. You know, he might run through the contact to get a few extra, few extra yards. So just being conscious of that and just knowing that we got to just move him off the spot and be able to make plays when they come to us. Sure, what do you play on the outside? You don't often get matched up one-on-one with tight end. Can you just kind of walk us through that play? Yeah, um, I mean... Honestly, I break down everybody before the game. So, you know, I know their strengths, weaknesses, whatnot. Um, so when Hooper came on me, I mean, I kind of knew what he was doing. I knew the kind of routes that he was going to run. You know, not Tyler's not going to run every route a receiver does. So kind of limiting him to the certain routes I thought he was going to do. And then, honestly, just using my speed. I mean, he's bigger than me, so I have to make up for it with my athleticism and my speed and just knowing how to play DB. So that's what I focused on, and that's how I was able to make the play. What are you most satisfied with in the performance on Sunday? And what information can you take from that game now that you've had a 
full NFL yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a big thing for me, honestly, was just make sure I went out there and just did my job correctly. You know, I haven't been with the team. You know, I haven't been in the lingo in actual game rep practices. So being able to go out there and just be sharp with it, you know, make all the correct calls, make sure everybody was doing everything correct was, for me, good because, you know, I haven't had that, like I said. Um, and on top of that, I think just going back to learn from just little things, little things in my technique, hand placement, thing like that as a DB. But I think the overall is just being able to just leave my all out there. I always say I wanted to be that flash play, player and make every play like it's my last. So just being able to do, do that consistently for however many plays you do is going to be something I'm big at. When you were down, what did it mean to, to you to see Jalen emerge the way that he did? Yeah, I mean, it's always huge when you can see another rookie, you know, who's come in, who's gone through the same process as you, go out there and make plays in a big stage. Um, I mean, we're always together. We're in the same room. So, I mean, I had confidence in him. I had confidence in Josh Williams. Like, anybody goes out there, we're all in the same room. We all hear the same lingo. We all taught the same thing. So there's a big confidence in knowing that, yeah, even if I go down, if somebody else goes down, the next person up is going to be able to do their job. Trent, what was your reaction to the Fenton trade, and how much did you see the club then putting their faith in you when your body was ready? Yeah, I mean, it's always a disappointment seeing somebody go. We always called him Uncle Fent because it was like just that dude who, you know, taught all the DBs, and it was just uncle out there. So he was one of those dudes who I looked up to, really taught me this system, how to play DB in here. So seeing him leave, it was disappointing. But I mean, I know he's going to do great over there in Atlanta, and I'm excited for his journey. But I mean, it comes back to us and just seeing the coaches have full faith in the rookies and just knowing that we got to go out there and now we got to produce. You know, we got to give them the same way that they look at us, we got to give it back to them. You know, we got to make sure that we're accountable and that they can trust us out there each and every play. So when you got drafted, Trent, that you started envisioning playing in Arrowhead, yeah. maybe in prime time settings like Sunday, just yeah. how much did reality match or different from, from what you had envisioned? Yeah, um, I mean, I was able to be on the sideline, thankfully, during some of those big games, like the Chargers game and the Raiders game. So I knew the crowd was loud. You know, I'd be on the sideline. I couldn't have talked to my friend on the sideline. So being on the field, I already went in knowing that I wasn't going to be able to hear anybody. So, I mean, it's just so much. I feel like it just brings so much more energy to the game when the crowd is like that. So just being able to go out there and play in front of them finally and just complete a full game was really fun for me. Going Expanding on that a little more, just from yeah. the standpoint of being in a game like that, yeah. a battle testing, a very physical game mm -hmm. that could have gone any which way, seeing your Chiefs yeah. and how they responded and what they did, as a young player, I mean, did that just give you a new sense of pride? Did that give you a new, I'm going to step up because this is the way they do this mm -hmm. and they're successful? What was going through you when you saw what your team overall could do? Yeah, um, I think honestly... Even just coming in here right after the draft, you kind of understood that there was a standard that was set. And, I mean, through the season, ups and downs, you kind of understand that everybody kept that standard. But now playing in it, being a part of it, under seeing how people are, you know, the emotions running high, and everybody kind of just locking in, just taking a step back and going, let's just do our job. For me, it was almost relieving. It was like as a young dude who doesn't know anything, hasn't played in an overtime game in the NFL, just seeing the guys relaxed, composed, um, helped me to stay that way. And so, I mean, big thanks to them for the leaders on our team to kind of just rally everybody together. Um, that really showed me that our team is really tight bonded and, you know, we're really sticking together. So it was awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it, y'all. Thank you.